Anyone can talk football. Not everyone can do it East Coast style. The East Coast Gridiron Podcast, starting now. Oh, man. Welcome to the East Coast Gridiron. Dude, it is so weird to say that. After we came back from having the Go For Two podcast in the past, we're here for something new for the new year for 2021. Yes. With all the craziness happening in the world, which we're not going to get into. Nah. Because we're going to do all football today. So what's going on, everybody? It's everybody's favorite couch quarterback, Dante, here with my man, Nelson. Peace and blessings, everybody. What's going on? Nelson Drew. We're going to get into a little segment of his uh, later on, which should be uh, should be pretty fun, actually. Um, Drew's do's and don'ts. Where we're going to break down uh, the two games. Uh, that is going to be his favorite games to watch out for the playoffs on the very first week. And then we're actually going to get into uh, the college football championship, Ohio State versus uh, Alabama, which should be a banger, man. I like what Justin Fields did last game. Man, you talking about guts and grit. The man uh, took a big blow uh, to his ribs. And as you see, he came back in the game. But that's just show how tough and determined he is. And I can't wait to see what he does in a championship. You know, with that being said, man, Mac Jones had a hell of a year, and we can't go and disregard anything that he had did as far as this year. But uh, you got to thank those two receivers that you had, man. Jalen Waddle, DeAndre Smith, very deserving of the uh, Heisman Award this year. I don't care what anybody says. Um, if if you're a hater, you just didn't watch anything that Alabama did this year. And as we discussed on our you know previous podcast. Um, Alabama reloads players like machine guns, man. You know, reload the clip back in the AK forty seven. They just, they just go back to town, go back to work. So, yeah. and they're all about the business, man. They get in and get out. They know when they go away games, it's a business trip. They know when they go home, it's a business trip. And I, I, I bet they Nick Saban runs that team like a professional team, especially with the restrictions now with the with the COVID. It was even more restrictions. You know, you got to show up on time for the Zoom calls or the team calls, whatever they do. And then you have to actually show up at practice. And it's just more. And then you can't really walk around campus. You got to stay confined to your room. And on top of that, these are student athletes. So they have to do their homework. So it, this is a major deal right now in college football. For them to even pull it off this year, to even play college football is awesome. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like Don said, college football machine. Shout out <laughs> to Don, by the way. <laughs> You know, next week, we're going to start doing this thing weekly. Not that we just dove right into college football. Um, we, we had to talk about, obviously, Devontae Smith and congratulations on winning the Heisman. Uh, but uh, Don is the is the missing leg, man. He's he's the third man on the operation. Um, but me and him will do it on Saturday. So how it's going to work, guys, until our schedules get uh, get a little better here um, with, with work and everything. You know, God forbid we got to go to work every day. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But but what's gonna happen is me and Nelson to do this Thursdays um, every other week, and then the following Saturday, um, me and Don will do the podcast, um, you know, at one o'clock. So seven o'clock on Thursdays, the following Saturday at one o'clock. Can't wait to have my man back, the stats guru, coming in clutch, uh, giving us all the good stats, man. Um, if you guys check our page, pretty much all the stats that. Um, 
we put on there comes straight from Don uh, doing this research. So uh, we got our own. Uh, what is the guy's name? Uh, the, the statistician is it uh, San Pellegrino? San Palantonio? No, I think that's yeah. the, the Eagles guy. Um, <laughs> but going into the Eagles, dude, um, what happened? What did I say? I said you got to sit Carson Wentz down, and you see Jalen Hurts went in there and did the best he can do with what he had. Now, granted, he had to fight and win the room and fight to prove his love every game, but he did that. Um, three out of the three out of four games ain't bad, and of course, he brings a spark to the Eagles now. Now, the only question is, is that. You know, every little mistake is magnified because you know you're not the guy. You know you're that fill-in right now, that uh, temporary fix, and you know you're not the, the franchise face. But what do you do? You take advantage of this offseason. You take advantage of the receiver core. You get into, of course, the, the coaches, and you get always in the, in the film study, and you're the first one there to leave and the last one, first one there to get there and the last one to leave. So I think right now Jalen Hurts is in good position to prove himself. I mean, hey, just imagine going in, uh, sitting for half of the season, getting towards the end of the season, and they call your number, and you go right. in and you deal with Jalen Hurts does. Man, that's very impressive. Very, very impressive. I mean, the, the dude still had two touchdowns on the ground. Um, no need to pull him when he is the only one scoring points on your team. It's, it's To me, it's almost the equivalent of what the Broncos did to Tim Tebow. Yeah. Granted, everybody has their opinion on Tim Tebow, but one of the things about Tim Tebow is they do one games regardless of how, you know, if he was motivating the team, if, you know, I'm, I'm starting to get like a little Skip Bayless over here. The, the undeniable... Uh, you know, all these superlative names and, and, and junctures that you can name off for how good Tim Tebow was. But um, regardless, they won games and, you know, say what you want about his throwing motion. But ever since college, they do won games. And yeah. um, I'm not saying Jalen Hurts by any means is is Tim Tebow. I'm a, As you know, yeah. I was very high on Jalen Hurts coming out of college. Um, it's just one of those things where I, I think – you know, learning that many offenses because you know Nick Saban's offense has to change every single year to, you know, and this is why he doesn't get beat. Good coaches will change their schemes. I don't care what anybody says. They might look the same year to year, and it's the same old run it down your throat, pass long, uh, let your receivers do all the, you know, all the work on the, you know, on the outside. Uh, shout out to Devontae Smith, the, the, the Slim Reaper. Um, but they're, they're always a well oiled machine that way. So, um, it, it's outrageous that the the Eagles would pull something like they did. <laughs> yeah, you know, no pun intended. It, but <laughs> right, was and was that to prove a point or you know set you know Jalen Hurts as, as an uh, example? But that, I, well, my thing is is that okay, that lets me know that he's not the guy. Because if that would have been Carson Wentz, they would have rolled him out. Hey, let's finish the game to see what he does. But what, what are you going to teach him a lesson by doing that? No. I mean, that's going to maybe uh, have his uh, spirit say, OK, I know where I stand. You know how you how you growing up and then, you know, you, you look at your mom and she said, you know what? Sit down and you put in your place. That's not what the Eagles need to do with Jalen Hurts. You need to prep him. You need to motivate him. You know, get him out there. Yes, you gave him a couple tries, but then you sit him down like he's a third grader. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Don says the, the Eagles will take another quarterback. Well, Knowing the Eagles' history and what they did last year, if you guys saw a reaction from 
<laughs> the jailers getting picked in the first place. So surprised. I'm expecting us to do the same thing with some outrageous pick that they're that they're going to make. But uh, yeah, the Eagles are done, man. And not to step all on the NFL because we did want to start with college football first here. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we we just had to mention it because that was uh, along with all the political crap going on. That was the other you know elephant in the room. Yeah. Um. So this this leads me into with the blowout. That happened with Clemson and Notre Dame, um, or not? Yeah, yeah. With, with Clemson and Notre Dame, right? No, 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 no. no, I'm no t- Alabama. <laughs> that was the yeah. ACC and championship Notre, game. I'm, I'm hey, all over the place. Hey, man, it all blends together. But you know, but Alabama, I knew they were going to blow Notre Dame out on the first drive because you could just tell it was it was it was crisp route running. It was power running uh, for for Minaji, uh, and then it was basically. It was my biggest against your bigs. You're just too small. Notre Dame wasn't ready. And you knew that when Clemson came back full force with uh, Trevor Lawrence and uh, ETN. Now, yes, that was, a, that was a big upset during the season when Notre Dame beat Clemson. But they wasn't at full throttle. They wasn't. So when you finally got the full team and you see what you're dealing with, you think you're going to handle Clemson? Here's Alabama. Alabama came through and they meant business. Right, they they actually probably looked past Notre Dame, but they probably entertained them, you know, with a little play here and there. But it was all business. Notre Dame didn't have a shot. Now, granted, they put they gave the good E for effort try, but they had no shot against Alabama. Yeah, I didn't think so either, man. Um, and to be honest, with Devontae Smith and how well he was doing this year, I mean, literally, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that they, he's going to eat you up. All those receivers, man, don't matter who it was. And especially if they had Jalen Waddle playing, man, that, that score would have been ran up to about 100. And let's be completely honest. You know, and one thing about um, one thing about Notre Dame's defense is that they were saying that they, they were pretty good all this year. And, you know, that's – we saw it. Yeah. I mean, when they played Clemson the very first time. Now, the thing is, though, this is what I don't understand. And this is probably a hot take for later, and we can come back to this, is I don't think Trevor Lawrence is all out what people think he is. Because that other quarterback came in and had a pretty decent game, and people were just like, people are just like putting it over like it's all, and I, I get it, you're, you're, it's your guy, right? He comes yeah. in and motivates the team, but... Come on, man! You got to give some credit to the the coaching staff in the in the whole like scheme of things. Like, yeah. I, I don't think that didn't that didn't make very much sense to me this whole year where pe- people are so high on him. I I haven't I haven't been high on a quarterback ever since I've seen Andrew Luck. Okay, well the thing about um, Trevor Lawrence, I think he's looking too far ahead. I think he got a little lax. Um, trust me, over his four year career there, um, he had over uh, 9,000 yards passing, um, over 1,500 yards uh, rushing um, as a quarterback. And he he could he maintained composure in the pocket. He's tough, his mentality. He's, you know, tough on a big stage. Just a, just a year ago, um, if you remember that he had that long run to uh, win the championship. So he, he has that mentality. But I think once you win the championship and you got these accolades and you got you know stuff that's coming you get a little lax you get like oh well i really don't care now you know i'm on to the next level your mentality goes to the nfl but son this is your senior year all right you still owe it to your team to go out here and win no he and did bro you about to go to the jaguars <laughs> right you know so but i think i think he got a little lax man I, i'll be honest with you um is he worth the hype uh i 
I, I think he he is, but I think this year. And then remember, he got COVID. So with COVID, um, it, it puts a little damper on your spirit. It's like, well, am I coming back? Of course, he probably stayed positive. He said, okay, I'm gonna go out here. You know, I'm gonna get better. You know, I'm not gonna put my team at jeopardy. And right. that, and Dabble might have sensed that. So you could just tell it was a slight difference this year than the last couple of years when he was just on a come up. Because his freshman year, I was like, who is this guy? And then his junior year, he got stronger. And then his, you know, uh, sophomore year, he got stronger. And then his junior year, he got even stronger. And it was like he was at his peak. And usually, most guys who have that type of status leave after their junior year. Year. So for him to come back to senior year and say, ah, okay, you know, if we win, okay. If we don't, hey, I'm going to the league. I think that was his mentality. That's what it seemed like to me. Yeah. And and not to, you know, get too far off on Trevor Lawrence, man. Mm-hmm. The the real reason why I brought up the Alabama versus Notre Dame game in the first place was did this really show that Texas A&M should have been the true fourth team? Man, you said a mouthful there because – now, it's all about prestige when it comes to these big-time schools. Um, so if the ratings say, hey, Texas A&M is playing Alabama in the first round, who, Texas A&M, they don't, they're not televised. But if you say Ohio State is playing such and such, it's like, oh, Ohio State, Buckeyes? Like, people's eyes get real big. So I think part of the, the board definitely got it wrong. Texas A&M, they played a SEC schedule. They played Auburn. All right. They played Tennessee. Uh, they played South Carolina. Uh, they played Florida. They played Clemson. All right. They played tough schools. The strength of schedule was there. And they had one loss. No, two losses, I think. But you get a 6-0 and team going into playoffs because of their caliber. Come on. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. And Don made a good point. How many Heisman trophies did Sunshine win? <laughs> the uh, the closest that he probably would have got, to be completely honest, is if he would have played the full season his freshman year. Yeah, I, I think that's the closest that he would have got because they these dudes the last couple of years have just been that much better than him. And even this is not a this is not a hot take by by any means unless people want to make it. Mm-hmm. But the closest quarterback that I've seen this year to having immense talent and this this is the reason why I picked them in the first place to win the SEC. Remember? Yeah, I remember that. Kyle Trask is like to me. One of the most talented quarterbacks that we've seen in a while, and I don't think he gets enough credit because how good Kyle Pitts and um, what's what's their uh, what's their other uh, wide receiver's name? You know, they they just had a, a pretty stacked team. They did, they but did. Um, they Kyle did. Trask to me, man, he did a lot with you know with the things that he had. Um, and granted, Kyle Pitts was in there. We were talking about him being in the Heisman for a while, and he was in that race for a while too. Yeah, he but, was he was a finalist. He yeah, was a finalist. So. Yeah. But but the thing is with 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 Kyle Krask is that uh, what what kind of disappointed me was when he played in the bowl game, and you could tell um, on the big stage he got a little uh, stage fright. Um, he didn't really know how to execute. There was one play in particular where uh, I think there was a it was a streak up the um, up the hash marks, and he looked to the left. He looked to the right. He didn't see the guy. He was wide open, and I could have changed the game. He just missed it. It seemed like that whole game, he was just a little tight. You know, it seemed like he couldn't make the throws he was making all year, and that's what's going to make the difference in winning the Heisman. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. He's a solid quarterback. I'm sure he's going to go maybe in the second round, maybe high second, maybe late first, but um, he just didn't look like he was ready for the big stage, and that's the only difference. Yeah, so going back to the Texas A&M question, though, I mean, what's your what's your thoughts on that? I mean, 
I, I think they should have been a number four seed. And this is not because I'm a Jimbo Fisher fanboy or whatever, you know. I just think truly that Texas A&M played Alabama, lost by 24, I believe it was. Yes. While they had Jalen Waddle on their team. You know what I'm saying? So they played a complete Alabama team. That was their only loss this year. They played in the best division in football. I mean, what what's what's the argument of why they shouldn't have been there? And I hate how Notre Dame gets a pass every single time, every time. by playing in an independent conference and pretty much making yeah. their own schedule every year. Yeah, nobody ever talks about that. So Texas A&M, just I'm just give you a little little perspective, give you a little bit of a meat of what happened at the end of the season. These are no teams to sneeze at. They played South Carolina, LSU, Auburn. Tennessee and UNC. Now, UNC is not just a basketball school now. They're a football school, right? They were 13th in the nation, all right? So the scores of those games... UNC was... uh, Shout out to my boy Slade, man. I I know you love UNC, and those running backs had pretty good games, Mm -hmm. but you lost to Florida State, (laughs) and we (laughs) suck. Bro, like... There's no way that UNC should have been ranked as high as they sh- they were all year. Yeah. And I like Sam Howell, man. I think he's a pretty good quarterback, but he's not a Kyle Trask. He's got he's not a Mac Jones. He's not a Trevor Lawrence. Right. Unfortunately. Right. But yeah. So so the football resume Texas A&M was building up. Texas A&M beat South Carolina forty eight to three. Last year's well, the year before champions LSU they beat them twenty to seven. Right. Auburn, hey, one of the toughest uh, college teams in the SEC. Yep. Thirty one twenty. Right then, Tennessee. Okay, maybe that's a that's a soft game. They won thirty four or thirteen. But then you play USC, right? Forty one twenty seven. Now, let's get back to the big game, the head turner. Right? They played Florida. Florida at the time was seventh in the nation. Right? They beat them forty one thirty eight. I don't care what type of win you get. I don't care if it's forty one to forty. A win is a win. And against a big time school like Florida, that should have made the college board say, "Oh, wait a minute, we got a nice squad here." Right, so the strength of the schedule was there. They played uh, Clemson tough in the beginning of the year, uh, and they lost twenty four ten. But you got to give credit when credit's due. Give the ticket to the team that deserves it. Even Dabo was like, "Hey, um, Ohio State is great. Ohio State is 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 a team that I would love to play. But what about Texas A and M? Play the teams that belong." Dabo was bold enough to say it, and I bet you he said everything what the coaches were thinking. But Dabo was just bold enough to do it. Yeah. Um, let's put this in perspective. Dabo in bowl games, 8-1. and one. That would have made it interesting right there. It that To me, that matters. He does not bow down when it comes to big games. There should have been a lot of bowl games at Florida State that we should have lost. But that's, that's nothing to scoff at, man. Um, but, yeah, so – are you? This is, I guess, us agreeing that Texas A&M should have been the number four seed. No been. going back now, but I, I, I've always said Notre Dame needs to join a conference, playing a conference for three years. I even think they should take their bowl eligibility away just to see how they do. <laughs> you know, yeah. you can, you can, you cannot play in a bowl game for three years. You cannot make the college football playoffs for three years because you have to show that you deserve to be in that conference without backing out. Yeah, I, I hate that, man. I hate the independent conference. And you know what's funny about Notre Dame, too, is like every single sport that they have is like in a conference. Right. 
besides football. Yeah. I mean, just because you just uh, got introduced to the ACC now, that doesn't mean that you belong because uh, you see what happens. You see what happens when you face the, the, the heavy hitters, right? You're not prepared, right? You're a little light in the behind. You Here know? come the Notre Dame nerds talking about that they play <laughs> USC every year. I know. I know you're out there. I see you. <laughs> I know you're out there. So, so I mean, as far as that, we, we discussed a little bit of the uh, the Rose Bowl. Okay. Um, with Alabama and Notre Dame, right? And that was weird that it wasn't in Pasadena this year because yeah, of COVID. Yeah, in a dome. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the granddaddy of them all. <laughs> But let's go to the the elephant in the room, man. That Sugar Bowl against Ohio State and and uh, Clemson, dude. Like, I'm a Justin Fields fan. I wish he would have came to Florida State when he was considering us coming from Georgia. Um, I don't think there's anything to be said. The dude had the best game of his career against one of the top teams. That dude deserves to be, if not one, definitely number two in the draft. I think that he is one Ohio State quarterback that's going to do well. Now, my question to you, my man, as I posted this on Facebook a couple days ago, right? And this was a pretty hot take with a couple people as well. People said, and I hate this theory just because all, all Ohio State quarterbacks always do bad. I mean, it is what it is. But that dude came from Georgia. He's a Southern boy, you know groomed and went up to Ohio State and there's been nothing but but winning this. Dwayne Haskins could have been that guy if he just would have had his head on straight. Yeah. But I'm going to throw a little stat out there about Justin Fields. Okay. He's only throwing eight interceptions his whole career. That's sick. And I think Trevor Lawrence is like at 16. Okay. So why are we talking about that Trevor Lawrence is better than Justin Fields? Don't get in this crap about they play less games because they wanted to play more games. So, so your question is, is Justin Lawrence compared to Justin Fields? I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Trevor Lawrence compared to Justin Fields, there's no competition? Are you saying that Justin Fields is homegrown and he's, he's, he's a little bit minty more tough? Because let me tell you this. No, I'm saying that he's going to break the mold of all Ohio State quarterbacks. I think he's going to go to the league and do fine wherever he goes. Yeah, you're right because – Ohio State. How tough he is, man. The yeah. dude's got pretty much broken oh, ribs right now. This, and, and don't all my Ohio State fans and all my Alabama fans, but if you realize that there is not a lot of superstars in the NFL that, as far as quarterback that go from Ohio State to the league or to Alabama to the league, they're they're great in college. But when they get to the league, they just seem like they disappear. All right? No, don't get me wrong. Justin Fields, when he was in the Sugar Bowl, man, you're talking about a come-out party. Now, he was making highlights all six games <laughs> coming to the playoffs, but the man grew up and made his presence known in the Sugar Bowl. The mental toughness to come back from that big hit from a captain on the Clemson team, that linebacker with the, you know how you know somebody's a linebacker where they got that bull neck in the back, right? He came through pretty much, looks like his ribs were broken, you know, on that hit, right? Came back, shows up as a crucial captain. And and mind you, got kicked out of two of the biggest games of his life back to back and back to back years. So he was known for doing this, right? You know, crown with the helmet, right? Leading in with 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 um with the shoulder, but yep. just making illegal Oops. hits. But the man, Justin Fields, had three hundred and eighty six yards with six touchdowns in the Sugar Bowl. Six, right? Yep. Six. That's amazing. Right. And he was throwing them deep and act I mean I was in Ocean City with my wife. We sitting on the bed. She went to the bathroom. I said, babe, come back. 
<laughs> this man done threw another accurate down the field pass. Yeah, and it, it was like he led them and threw it on a dime. I mean, he was just – and then then came back from – you know how hard it is? And Nadante, I know you can test this. You know how hard it is to throw when your ribs are cracked? Uh, you know how hard it is to talk or – don't tell me to laugh. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> right. Yeah. So so that, that lets you know Justin Fields is just from a different breed, man. Like he's mentally tough. And a lot of people would have got their hit like that and when they came back, he said, nah, no, sir, put me back in the game. Take me up, right? They don't make him like that no more, right? They don't make him like that. But nah. he sh- he showed what he's all about. And that's why I think he should have been even in the finalists. Um, for uh, Heisman, but hey, that's either here or there. He shouldn't have won the Heisman last year. Yeah, it was to <laughs> me. It was between. It was between um, Jalen Hurts and him. The only reason that Justin Fields didn't win it last year is because he didn't play full games. We talked about this before. I mean, the dude threw like forty plus touchdowns right. and like two interceptions or something ridiculous like that. Like, yeah. get Amanda Award. Yeah. Um. He deserves it, man. Now, I mean, who would you rather have, Nelson? I mean, let's think about this. If you had to start a team today, regardless if you had nobodies, all-stars, whatever, you'd feel comfortable putting them in either situation. Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, who are you going with? To me, you already know my answer. Yeah. I'm going Justin Fields all day because, and I, I think this has something to do with it. The only reason that Andrew Luck wasn't like that is because Andrew Luck's dad was in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he had that mentality when he came over. And he's a smart guy. He's not going to let people saying, oh, he could be the greatest of all time, you know, get to his head. Mm-hmm. Knowing that he had to fill the shoes of Peyton Manning when he came in. This is why I don't compare the two. Because we could see that Andrew Luck was just yeah. – he was an NFL quarterback when he was a freshman. I don't I don't necessarily see that with Trevor Lawrence. And people are like, this is a short thing. And I feel like whatever new coach that we get in Jacksonville, I think we should have had still Maroney's, man. I, <laughs> I like Maroney's. He should have stayed. Maroney's. <laughs> so, so, you know, Doug Marone should have stayed. I don't know what the front office is doing. You get rid of the whole freaking team over the last two years. Yeah. I, I Okay, so this is what I, I mean, who, who are you picking? If if I had to choose the, a franchise and a quarterback I would choose, it would be Justin Fields, only for the fact that if you put players around Justin Fields, he can blossom, right? With Trevor Lawrence, you're going to have to get him to the game of speed when it comes to the NFL, you're gonna have to, you know, you're gonna have to have him sit down next to somebody because one, you get, you're not gonna run like that in the NFL. Now, granted, you got a little bit of feeties, as my boy Dante would say. Oh yeah, you got the feeties. You got the feeties, and you got a little pocket presence. But in the league, the window is very tiny and very small, right? So to be able to throw and push through those passes is not gonna be the same. Now, Justin Fields. The game is evolving in the NFL. As you see, you got a lot of mobile quarterbacks. You got a lot of options, right? As yep. you know, you got Patrick Mahomes. You got Lamar Jackson, right? You got even though uh, Baker Mayfield in there, right? You see a lot of offenses are changing into the college-style offense, right? But to me, Trevor Lawrence is more of a pocket passer, especially when he gets in the NFL. He's going to have to look at his windows, look at his progressions, right? But if you want somebody of the new wave of quarterback in the NFL, you got to go with Justin Fields. There it is, the dagger, everybody. Now, as Nelson knows, man, Don knows this too. My resume when it comes to scouting quarterbacks, I'm like at a 95% all time right Mm -hmm. now. I mean, 
the only quarterback that I was remotely wrong about, and this is controversial depending on how what whatever you think about this guy, was Cam Newton, right? And I think that he's a pretty good quarterback in, in – oh, I'm, I'm up here reading Rob's uh, comment. <laughs> Lawrence is faster than what people give him credit for. That's that's very true. He's, and he's, we saw that last year yeah, um, against Ohio State. Right, deceptive speed. Yeah, he has a long stride, but, you know, I give – uh, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, like I said, my resume with quarterbacks is, is actually pretty good. I mean – I told your boy Josh Allen. Remember when he got drafted? You're like, I don't know about this, and I'm like, Josh Allen's good, bro. Just yeah. give him, just give him time. Russell Wilson was another one. Um, who else? I I said their RG three was not going to be good, and that or, hurt my heart though, man. Just, it hurt a lot of people's yeah. hearts. But then when when Bryce Petty came in the next year and had better numbers, and you, how, how does it feel that you got to go to a stadium for two years looking at this man's statue because he beat Texas at Baylor for the first time in how many years, <laughs> and you got better stats than the same guy? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Where's Bryce <laughs> Petty at, by the way? You know, homie's not doing too well. He might be on suicide watch. Somebody, somebody <laughs> so, call him. <laughs> hey, help is on the way. <laughs> yeah. Um. Kyler Murray was another one that okay. I said. Okay. Uh, Baker Mayfield is one that I, I I hold true, and Don knows this is correct. I said that Cleveland needs somebody like Baker Mayfield that's going to go in there and not give up on the team. Yeah. You know, he's going to talk a little trash, but they needed somebody with his confidence. Yeah. I mean, shout out to Kevin Stefanski, which, dude, if that's not going to be X Factor this weekend, yeah. known to see, you know, how well that team's going to be coached, but, um, to go back to the the Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, man, to put a dagger in it, me and Nelson agree that Justin Fields, to me, and that's it's not going to be a popular pick. Shout out to my boy Gene. He he totally <laughs> hates the fact that I am on the Justin Fields train, but uh, <laughs> it is what it is, man. So leading into, um, we're going to talk about it, your do's and don'ts for the game, but as your 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 pick for um, Alabama and Ohio State, who you got? So, you know, you got the Heisman Trophy winner, uh, Devontae Smith, and he's going to get double teamed, you know, granted, but he's going to end up breaking loose. Uh, Mac Jones, hey, man, you had a wonderful year. Had over 4,000 yards passing. Uh, thanks to some of that to Dante Jones. And you got Najee Harris. Uh, oh, Dante Jones? No, Devontae Jones. Devontae yeah. Jones. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Dante Jones. Yeah. So it's just, you know, I think if Mac Jones manages the game um, and gets the key first downs and you got, you know, a deep ball to uh, Mr. Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner. You know, I got Alabama in a close game. Now, it's going to be a dog fight. Trust me. Um, but I got him in a close game. I got him 30-23. Ah, uh, man, oh man! I know it says Drew's do's, do's and don'ts, but that's that's at the end of the show. But uh, <laughs> I guess I guess you could have put that up there. That's fine. Um, Trey Sermon uh, is my X factor for this game. Okay. If he gets going, bro, I I can almost guarantee that this game is going to be closer than what people think. Mm-hmm. Um, I the people just I I mean I was I was listening to to the Wire to Wire podcast man and I know they were saying that college cornerbacks which this is a true statement college cornerbacks just don't know what to do with really good receivers downfield oh yeah and that's why we see so many big plays and I totally agree with that that statement so with that being said I have Alabama squeaking this out. 
but I feel like it's going to be another Florida game. Like I feel like we watched the national championship with Alabama and Florida, to be completely honest with you. But the X factor is going to be Trey Sermon for me, how healthy Justin Fields is, and how good that Ryan Day can coach that team. Mm-hmm. I mean, enough, enough said there because Alabama – we know what we're gonna get with them, man. Yeah. Like, it it's gonna be the same rumble and tumble offense. Run it down your throat, pass on the outside, open it up downfield. We're, yeah. We've seen that over the years, and people just can't stop it. Yeah. What's the definition of insanity? <laughs> right, doing things over and over again, finding the same results, expecting a different result. Yeah, and it's not working. Yeah. Um. So to, to to go back to to the Notre Notre Dame guys, man. Is this? Do you think Brian Kelly should be fired, man? Well, After all these years of just, he's like, what? I forget what Don said. Don sent me the stat the other day, but like Notre Dame is like zero and eight when it came to like the <laughs> big games, like yeah. in bowl games or something like that. Is it's something like outrageous? He just he chokes, bro. He's yeah, he's, he's worse than Shaq trying to shoot a free throw. Yeah. Yeah, well, him and his brother, you know, I don't know. His brother had a little more success in Oregon than, than he is having now with Notre Dame. Um, the Are Kel- they brothers? Kelly, yeah, the Kelly brothers, you know that? <laughs> I yeah. learned something new. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he coached, coached the UCLA, the, the Kelly coach. And, Ch- and, Chip and, Kelly. And Chip Kelly, yeah, they're brothers. So, um, but I think, should he get fired? No. I think I think you if you come back another year and, hey, you made it to the ACC and then you made it to the playoffs. That's that's nothing to sneeze at. That's pretty impressive mm-hmm. um, to go to a different conference. Uh, pretty much, you know, went went out the conference to the point where you match up with Clemson, but you you had a great year. So should so he get fired? No. Uh, should he come back and see what he do next year uh, with the with not having his quarterback? I think I think that's going to be the question. Then you're going to see the true test of being a coach when you don't have your star players, when you don't have your star receiver, right? They got a nice running back at Notre Dame, uh, number 23. He's pretty good, right? He's he's a freshman, right? But he wasn't looking like a freshman this year. So we'll see what happens. I don't think he should get fired. I think he should have another year. But you got to win the big one, man. Like, like Jim Harbaugh right now, you know, he – He's getting second chance after second chance, right? But he hasn't beat Ohio State yet, right? Kelly, you have to win the bowl game, right? I'm not talking about, like, the Mighty Key Bowl. I'm not talking about uh, the Sun Bowl. I'm not talking about the Mississippi Valley Bowl or, you know, the Tortilla the, 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 the Chip Bowl. The, 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 the GoDaddy Tostito <laughs> Chip yeah, I'm ta- uh, GameStop Bowl. Right. I'm talking about Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl. You know, you got to advance your ticket to get to the, uh, the championship. So... But yeah, we'll see, man. But I, I, no, I don't. I don't think he should get fired. So, I, I'm conflicted with this question, right? Mm-hmm. I've always been in the boat of like, if your team is constantly going to a championship game or going to a bowl game and you having a good record, yeah, <laughs> you know, you, you shouldn't get fired, you know. But it just kills me that they're not in a conference. Like you know, <laughs> I, I I can't really defend that, man. Like your your school is not as good as what people are giving you credit for. You can't play damn University of Las Vegas every year, and that counts as one of your wins. Like it's pretty much playing like a Division two school. Um, I at this point in time, I think that he ha- he's had enough chances to. 
um, enough chances to do something with that team, and he and he really hasn't. I mean, think about all the talent that's come through there over the years, and he still man. can't put it through. Ian Book is nothing to scoff at, man. That dude is a good quarterback, but. Man. I don't think Brian Kelly instills – I think he instills a lot more fear than he does confidence in his team, hmm. um, which I don't think a lot of people actually talk about. Like, oh, anytime yeah. I see him talk or – so, I always go back to the Jimbo Fisher thing, right? Because mm-hmm. I think Jimbo Fisher, yeah, he'll, you know, kick you in the butt. Mm-hmm. But he's also going to coach you up because he wants the team to succeed and win. I don't really see that out of Brian Kelly. Every time I see something about this dude, it's always negative. I don't yeah. like the way that he talks to his players. Right. Like, I, I, I mean, I'm not there every day. So, But but I hear what you're saying, Dante, because as a coach, you have to connect with your players. It's not my how, my way or the highway. Um, you got to have some, some type of connection to where I can go to you as a coach and I can trust you uh, to give me not just, you know, on field, advice but off the field advice like I can't see see Kelly going out and you know talking to his players about um their girlfriends I can't see them you know going you know say hey man you know how, how was that test you know or hey you know I heard that situation ha- happened back home how you doing I don't see him doing that I, I see him you know kind of putting him on a pedestal is like and make an appointment to come talk to him I see what you're saying but- yeah it's like <laughs> As a coach, you got to kind of be a therapist too. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And I don't, I don't really see that out of Brian Kelly. Uh, head over to the Facebook comments here. Rob says, "But do they get a playoff spot because they're Notre Dame and they would draw great TV that's, numbers?" Of course, that's that's ABC's boys right yeah, there. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. It's like Fox's cowboy, uh, cowboy country. Yeah. Now Notre Dame has a uh, contract with NBC, so they play them their games. Every uh, Notre Dame, yeah, NBC. That's yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah, of course, Hugh the Rain is going real high, and then you know the tradition at Notre Dame, um, and then something about those gold helmets, man. Like you know, you just get little little chills when you see that, and then play like a champion. You know that logo gets tapped every time they go on the field. So sometimes I hate Notre Dame more than I hate Florida. <laughs> I, I don't, so, I don't know, I don't know why. So maybe it's because of Brian you Kelly. You hate the movie Rudy. Man, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> so enough about Notre Dame, guys. I mean, I, I want to see them play in a conference. I think we could both agree that yeah. we want to see them play in a conference. I mean, you want to put up all these big numbers when it comes to ratings and all that. Put your money where your mouth is, man. But I, I thought they I, were in the ACC now. Just for this year. Oh. Because you couldn't play – you couldn't play football unless you were part of a conference. Oh, okay. That's so, how they did it. Yeah, that's how they did it. Got you. Wow. You know, <laughs> yeah. this was this was your shoe in. Yeah. And y'all got smashed, unfortunately. Um, I know we talked about it a little bit. Devontae Smith earlier in the show. Did they get it right, Nelson? Yes, they did. Um, I agree. Devontae Smith route running is superb. The man is only he's six one one seventy five, but the way he uh, accelerates out the block, he stops on a dime. He comes back and catches the ball. Has strong hands, right? And he can blow by you, right? So, if you're a DB, you don't know where he's going 
And the key for a receiver is to turn the head of the DB and have him go one way, you go the other way, especially because the DB doesn't know your route. So he does that every time. He gets open, he finds the soft zone areas to catch. And I thought you were about to say he he, he found the, he goes and finds the sauce. No, oh he got that. But but he you can tell when he when he runs routes he finds the open space. Now he can catch a shallow route, and this is what makes him different. He can catch a shallow route and get you 60 yards after the catch, right? Because his acceleration speed, and he cuts down all angles, and he'll get you a touchdown. A lot of slot receivers are, have that skill where they can catch a shallow route, get you the first down, and that's it. But Mr. Smith can catch a shallow route, make a move, and get upfield. And that's what makes him unique and special. The right? Slim Reaper, bro. They got it right. Um, there's nothing else to say other than that they got it right. Look up the numbers that this dude produced in ten games. Some got some somebody was talking about some other wide receivers and how they put up the same numbers, but them dudes played like 12, 13, 14 games. Yeah. On top of with the bowl game, because you know in college they keep the stats going throughout however long that you play, which is kind of flawed to me. But uh yeah, man, that dude put up 1,600 yards and uh, over 100 catches in 10 games, bro. Like, yeah. granted, Jalen Waddle was there for the first, what, three or four games. Right. So you got to think about that. You got to put that in perspective, too. Yeah. Like, you put up those numbers even when Jalen Waddle was there. Yeah. So just imagine if Jalen Waddle didn't get hurt. Imagine both of them on both sides. That's what I'm saying. Y'all talk about Notre Dame was a blowout. It would have been even more. It would have been a hundred point game. Yeah, it would have, it would have been a massacre. Um, let alone, I know, think what we saw. I think this year they would have been they would have beat a team by ninety points. I, I don't put it past them, man. <laughs> it was crazy. And you know, so they, Nick Saban's not going to take his foot off the pedal, man. He's 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 relentless. Now, this is what Nick Saban surprised me this year. He said he loved his uh, his uh, players, and you never hear that from Nick Saban. So Nick Saban is softening up, and maybe Nick Saban is saying, you know what, man, all this stress ain't ain't, ain't worth it. Because I haven't seen him blown up yet on the sideline. Because usually you'll see him talking to a coach and he'll blow up. And this, all of this sudden, team looks different this yeah, year, man. This is something about them, man. They they look they look way different this year. It's it's almost like they got more of a family atmosphere this year yes. than, than anything. And I think with that being said, it is why they're playing so well. And I mean that's we don't really consider that a factor in, in most football games. But when a team is feeling comfortable and you feel like the next they feel they really truly feel like yeah if i was playing quarterback i know if you were playing i don't know if you're playing an inside slot receiver mm-hmm. position i know if somebody was coming down you're gonna give up your route just to make a block so i don't get blown up right. that's how i feel like alabama's playing like they ain't gonna let anything happen i saw this picture the other day and I almost sent it to you. It was a picture of like all the offensive linemen and their quarterback was taking a picture, and his jersey was all clean, theirs was all dirty. How about and that? And they were like, "We do this so we can, so he can be like this. He can stay clean." And yeah. which was spoke spoke volumes, man. You do your job and you do it the best that you can. Yeah. That yeah, that that family dynamic. I don't yeah, think it's it, enough credit this year for Alabama, man. Yeah, and it, that's why they're going to win the national championship. Yeah, it's gratifying. This to would know. be an emotional one for Nick Saban. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I think it is, man. Um, it this is gratifying being on the field, knowing that your brother will block for you, 
and do anything to be, make you successful. All right. He, you know that he's not going to uh, be selfish. You know, he's not going to slip the block. Hey, if I got my linemen knowing that he, they're going to block for me, I'm running my hardest. If I know my receiver is going to catch the ball and score and then on the next play block for me, that makes me uh, even more comfortable. And then I'm sure they have a team uh, camaraderie, camaraderie outside of the locker room and they probably eat together. They probably, you know, hang out together. Now, of course, it's COVID restricted, but I'm sure they talk on the phone to each other, you know, threads. But you need that type of cohesiveness when it comes to playing football because you have that big trust. Right. Right. They say it in, in, in um, Baltimore all the time. Big trust. Woo woo. You know, <laughs> you got to have it. Right. And you got to know that your guy is going to play for you. Right, and it makes your job a lot easier on the field. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be an emotional one for them, man. I I can't wait to see it though, because we don't really see that side of Nick Saban a lot. But uh, <laughs> you know, going with this whole co- like college football playoff situation, man, and we could talk about this for for hours. But oh, yeah. uh, kind of a question and one of the topics that I gave you, just to kind of you know do some research on was, what do you think about what would be your format as far as the playoff goes? I know I've been on record and I'm explaining mine. Some people like it, some people don't. Now, I'll explain that again for everybody, but what would be your format and why? So my format would not be strength of schedule. My format will be the ability to win big games, right? And on top of that, I wouldn't make it just four teams, Right, I will make it eight teams, and I will extend. So you know how we play the SEC championship game and ACC. I will minus that. I will get rid of that. All right. I will say, okay, the top teams in their conference play in the playoffs. So you have you say Notre Clemson coming out of ACC, right? Instead of the ACC championship game, they play the top team that is in the, for example, in the SEC, right? And then the next game will be you know. And, hey, I throw the Mac in there, you know, but I'm not just throwing big teams, but whoever wins the Big Ten will play the team out in the Pac-12, right? And that would be the playoff, right? And then whoever wins that tree, then we get to the championship, right? I will cut out the ACC championship because if you think about it, it's just two teams playing in a conference. What's the reason for that, right? You win your, you win 12 games, you win 11 games, or you're 11-1, right? You won your conference. You have the best record. Play somebody else in the number conference that will be the champion in their in their conference. Play them. That's how I will do it. Why do you need an ACC championship game to crown them for and then play play it? That doesn't make sense to me. Take away the ACC. Take away the you know the MAC championship. Take away that that best team in that conference play <coughs> and both. Okay. If it was East and West. That's what I would do. That's interesting. I, I I never thought about it like that. Just having a, an overall winner based off of you know, whatever criteria and you wouldn't have a championship game. But in mine, I like the championship games. You do? Because I, I believe it gives the team something to fight for other than to really say that they're the best team. Okay. Give and I would split it. I would I would make all the power five conferences. I would uh I would I would make them um split up into two divisions. Mm-hmm. And then play a conference championship at the end. So that's the first change that I would make. Make sure that it's, you know. And I would like the conferences to be by region. Because, mm. like, the Big 12 is all kind of jacked up where they got, like, West Virginia playing, even though yeah. you got Oklahoma and all the Texas schools pretty much playing in the Big Big 12. Right. 
so that's another thing. I would realign all the conferences where they're regionally they make sense, right? After you do that, okay, we're gonna take the top two teams because okay. I I feel like I feel like this would add some excitement to everything, right? Mm-hmm. So you give the top seeds based off of whatever criteria you want: strength of schedule, played in big games, stats, mm-hmm. points, whatever. I don't care how they organize it, but you see them, you know, um, you'll do, you'll do the power five schools. Mm -hmm. So we'll have 12. I want a 12. Okay. Team (coughs) playoff. 12 team playoff. You know what? They do that in, um, division two. They do that. But this is the reason why I want a 12 team playoff. Power five schools, two from each conference, which would be the conference winner and the conference runner-up. Okay. I feel like the runner-up should still get a chance to even play to avenge that loss. We've had great games where we saw LSU and Alabama play each other, LSU, uh, Alabama and Georgia. Why mm-hmm. can't we have that in every single conference, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if it's a close game. Because, mm-hmm. like, if Auburn was the best team all year statistically and they just happened to choke because they are missing their star quarterback because he was hurt in the championship game – when he's healthy, why can't they play him again and really determine if right. if that was really a factor? That's not fair to them. That's, right. what, that's what happened with Clemson. Yep, exactly. So, two schools from every division in the, in the Power Five, right? If you want to have all these other little bitty conferences, the the MAC, the WAC, the the Mountain West, the Sun Belt, you want to have all those. I I hate at the end of the year, even though we know UCF went undefeated. Boise State, remember in the early 2000s when they had Kellen Moore and all the boys? Oh, yeah. And they went undefeated for like two and a half years and never got a chance to play. But everything was run by computers, right, with the right. criteria. Right. You take the two best teams, whatever criteria that you want. Mm-hmm. They have to be conference winners in, in their conference. Okay. But it has to be based off of strength of schedule, whatever, put out the most points. Mm-hmm. Usually, there's only like one or two undefeated teams that come from those, so that it'll just be those undefeated teams. They all come teams. from the SEC. <laughs> they always get seated the lowest. Don't care. Yeah. You guys playing in a Wacker conference, you have to get low, lower seated. So the conference winners from the Power Five, you seat them from one to five, depending on whatever criteria. The runner-ups come under that, and then the last two schools that get the lowest seed are going to be your MAC, your WAC. Right, all those schools, the two, the two best. Mm-hmm. You play the team, the twelve team playoff, and then we'll see how it goes. Then that way, we're never wondering could a UCF, a Boise State, a Cincinnati. We don't ever have to wonder if these schools are actually good. Everybody wants to see a Cinderella story. I'm not saying have 64 freaking teams. That's absolutely ridiculous, and I'll never agree with that in baseball or mm-hmm. in basketball. I'll never agree with that. That's one reason I don't watch college basketball. Oh, yeah, March I, Madness. That's, that's I, <laughs> I, I absolutely hate it because I don't believe that all those teams are deserving to be in in a playoff. But, you but said- I, be- I believe that every conference winner and every runner-up and the Power Five, if you're really considered them the Power Five, yeah. they should be able to play in a in a championship but, game. But you but you see how Cincinnati played Georgia this past bowl game, right? That was amazing. Cincinnati almost shocked the world by beating almost beating Georgia if it wasn't for that hiccup at the end. So you know these teams can play. You know Cincinnati, you're thinking, okay, Georgia, 
right? Bulldogs, they, they, they're going to stomp a mud hole in Cincinnati. But Cincinnati said, no, 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 not so fast. We're here to play, right? You've seen teams like that. Even in the past, UCF, right? They hold their own, right, against the Big Ten schools, the, the, um, the, the SECs, right? So you know these teams can play. Just give them a fight and a chance. And I like what you're saying, Dante, right? Of course, if you're coming from a small conference, you're going to be a lower seed. But fight your way up, right? This is football, right? You live to see another down. You live to see another play, right? And you know these kids are tough, and you know they, they get their exposure that way too, right? If you've never seen, uh, for example, a, a team like SMU play, and all of a sudden they're on Channel 6 or Channel or Fox, right? You're like, who is this kid, right? That's going to help their status, right? And then you realize that these games, these games are funded. Now, if you go to a bowl game in the college, the minimum you can get is $300,000, right? Just imagine these teams on national television, right? NBC, ABC, how much promo, how much ratings, how much money they're going to get, right? So it wins hand-to-hand. Yep. I agree. Don asked the question, 12, then six winners, then three winners, what's next? So how you would structure that that playoff format would be the the top four um, – is it the top four teams? Two teams – yeah. Four teams would get a first-round bye. Mm-hmm. So the 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 top seeded four teams will get a first round by. Then that way, when you look at a bracket, it's you already got your two your four seeds yeah. that have high seeds that get a first round by, and then your other four teams, which would make up twelve total, uh, your other four teams will play each other and then seed it from there. So that's how you would do it, Don. I would just have two first round um, or four four buys uh, seeded in in order for whatever criteria so i don't know that's how i would do it a lot of people don't a lot of people hate that idea but i honestly think if you want to talk about fairness and stuff this is what you have to do and then you always talk about the power five conference let's let's see um i think i hate when it comes down to people voting on stuff like this automatically if you win your conference or if you're in if you win your division Okay. If you win a division in your conference in the Power Five schools, you are getting a ticket into the college football playoff. Yeah. This well, gives you something to play for other than, oh, crap, we're not the ACC champions because Trevor Lawrence didn't play. Oh, but now we're in the national championship and we won because mm-hmm. he is there. Right. Everybody wants to see that story, man. Yeah. Everybody loves the Cinderella story, too. Why not? You know, why not me? Why not us? Why not this team? I'm pretty sure Boise State in the early 2000s could have made it pretty far. Oh, yeah. Shoot, the Statue of Liberty play? That was awesome. I don't. I mean, I don't want to see that blue field. That's the, that's like the hardest game to watch. Like I can't. I can't really watch them live unless Man. they're playing away. I don't like watching Boise State at home. That it's, West Coast game. I might be sleep anyway because they come on at like nine o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> so th- that's that wraps up our NCAA segment. I know we're about an hour in, so um. The other topics that we have are related to the NFL. I know we talked about, um, you know, what's what's going the, the on there, but AV, yeah, a little now bit. we got the uh, NFC and a, a, uh, AFC about to uh, clash, and uh, we're about to have some great wild card games, and this is amazing. Um, this should be a great time. You know, we could do the Drews, do's and don'ts because I want to focus on two teams, um, two games <coughs> that are, are are highlighted uh, on my schedule. But, before we get to that, though, okay. Before we get to the playoffs, because I know this is going to be a, a big talk for us, because we do want to lay out all the playoff games, and I want to get uh, Don's opinion. Actually, he sent me his picks as well. Okay. Um, 
But before we get to that, Drew Brees did announce that um, he didn't officially announce, but what's been rumored and um, speculated is that he's going to retire after the season. Oh man! So what's what's the Saints? What do the Saints look like after Drew Brees retires? They look like a team with two quarterbacks they can rotate. Um, they look like a team that's going to rely heavy on their running back. Um, and heavy on their defense. Now, if Malcolm Jenkins stays around, um, you know, if he says, okay, you know what, you got me for another two years and I'm pretty much leaving. But they, they'll they go back to, for me, they'll go back to a mediocre 9-7, and seven, uh, possibly 8-8 eight and eight type of team. Um, Drew Brees... Um, is is a is a is a is a presence in the locker room. Um, he's been your captain for I think over a decade now, um, and he just knows where to put his receivers. He knows the spots. He has uh, Sean Payton or him or pretty much are like head and foot. They are you know pretty much think just like you know just just imagine having one of your players you have for over a decade, and you could just give him a signal, and he knows what you're talking about. And you just got to start all over again. And that's a connection that is hard to find between coach and quarterback. Um, now, with that being said, yes, they have a young squad. You know, they got, but they got, they got old veterans in certain spots. And you're going to have to go back to your lottery pick, go back to your draft board and say, hey, what can we do to fill some of these spots and some of this dead weight that's going to leave? Because just, you know, you can't be father time. So I think they're going to be a mediocre team. Um, now, of course, you see the quarterback situation. You got a passing quarterback. You got a pretty much a Swiss Army knife uh, quarterback as well. But you're gonna have to bring the whole aura back, you know, because Drew Brees was was a presence man. He was. He 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 made you feel like they had a chance to win every time. Yeah, I um, I totally agree with with everything that you said, and I don't. It's gonna be hard. Like looking back on, and I mean, Drew Brees has been around since I was a little boy. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. I remember when he tore up his shoulder at the Chargers, and I remember saying this. Shout out to the people that knew me when I was a little boy. <laughs> when I saw Drew Brees play with the Chargers, as a short guy myself, it was inspiring to see what he did. And I was like, yo, Drew Brees is going to be one of the best quarterbacks ever. Mm. This is before he tore up his shoulder. Then he went to the Saints. I was like, ooh, they they got a still. I said, if he's healthy, it's going to be a still. So it's going to be weird, man. It's going to be weird. It's going to yeah. be bittersweet. Um, you know, another another cool stat was uh, I know we're getting off of Drew Brees and going over to Tom Brady, the other old man. Um, Chase Young hey. was born the year that I, I think he was born the year that Brady took his first start. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That is crazy because Drew Brees. I mean, I'm sorry, y'all. Tom Brady is 42 years old, man. Yo, and he's still throwing bombs, man. Right. He got that old man strength. <laughs> I don't know what it is. This dude's got superpowers. Um, so with the with the time coming short on us here, let's get over to these pickums for the uh, the playoffs. So Colts versus the Bills. We got. I had to bring it out. So Don's ah. Don's got the Bills winning that one. Okay, I I, I totally agree with Don. 
<laughs> the Bills fan. I totally agree with Don. Uh, right now, but what made me mad was that they have to play a wild card game, and you're number two in the, in the AFC. But that's okay. We're not we're not gonna get in that. But I think the Bills they they will definitely um, step up to the occasion. Now, of course, all my Bill Mafia fans know that when we get into the playoffs, we tend to you know come short, uh, come to the end of the stick. But this year's a little different, right? We got Stephon Diggs. We got Cole Beasley. Um, we got a nice little running running game. Um, our defense is playing solid. And I think we're going to definitely uh, – now, don't get me wrong. The Colts, they are sleepers, right? You got old man Phillip Rivers on the other side. And then you got that man, that running back. Um, what's his name? T- Taylor, Mr. Taylor, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, which had a superb year um, as a rookie. <laughs> I I knew that was gonna happen, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but definitely, I'll, I'll I'll take definitely take the Bills. But yeah, good good answer, Don. <laughs> um, I got the Bills too, man. I'm 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 very high on the Bills. Like yeah. it is what it is. I ain't got nothing else to say about the Colts other than you know Philip Rivers is still looking like he's throwing medicine balls. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't notice, like a shot put, like uh. oh yeah, it's it's crazy, man. Um. But yeah, I got the Bills winning that one, man. Rams and Seahawks. So Don has the Seahawks winning that one, and as a C- Seahawks fan, um, I have them winning that too. And everybody knows I hate Jared Goff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just think the Seahawks are going to be a little bit too much. They started really. Uh, this has been an up and down year. Not, you know, for the most part, it's 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 just been a weird year with uh with them but uh it seems yeah. like they're getting their stuff together and this game is really going to rely on what russell wilson does uh key matchup to watch is going to be dk metcalf versus Jalen ramsey again oh, and i think Jalen's going to just bully the crap out of him again yeah. and he's going to be taken out of the game if dk can't get over the you can't really consider this dude a great receiver without uh getting over the fact that uh you got Jalen ramsey you got to play twice a year this is why <coughs> and, and we'll get to your pick but what people don't notice, right? What makes DeAndre Hopkins such a good wide receiver, right? Mm-hmm. Is I'm about to put the nail in the coffin for everybody right here. In college, DeAndre Hopkins played for Clemson. Jalen Ramsey played for Florida State. They played twice a year. You're probably thinking, no, they didn't. They don't get scheduled twice a year in college. Clemson and Florida State always played in a championship game when, when they were there. So... Iron sharpens iron, right? They mm-hmm. did that for about two or three years. Then they get drafted. DeAndre Hopkins goes to the Texans. Okay. Jalen Ramsey goes to the Jaguars. Right. Same division. Play twice a year. Iron sharpens iron. Then, just so happens, late last year, Jalen Ramsey gets drafted over or gets traded over to the Rams. DeAndre Hopkins. Arizona your boy Cardinals. done shipped him out to the Cardinals for right. whatever reason. Okay. <laughs> Iron sharpens iron. They're playing twice a year twice, again. What a what a odd coincidence. <laughs> so this is why they're so good, guys. You have two great guys, top of their position, top three in their position every single year going against each other. And they always do pretty decent against each other. Yeah. So until DK Metcalf can get over that, I don't think we really can, you know, consider him as great as uh Somebody like DeAndre Hopkins, man. He does. D Hop doesn't get enough credit for the things that he does, man. And your boy Larry Fitzgerald, he was just there to to add that little 
Hall of Fameness onto him. Yeah, yeah, definitely bringing 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 the sauce, bringing the special magic and the, just the fundamentals on the game. I'm sure he's learned so much from Larry Fitzgerald. Um, I got this game being a blowout though. A blowout. Yeah. Oh, okay. I feel like it's gonna be like twenty four three or something like that. Seattle. Seattle. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I see uh Russell Wilson. You know, and and. Claimer here. I think Russell Wilson should be up there for MVP. Um, he had an amazing year, um, and I think he's going to pull it out. I think he he has enough playoff. Oh, we'll get into that a little later. Yeah, <laughs> I think he got <laughs> enough playoff experience, and he knows how to get his guys juiced up, man. Get them out there to win. And of course, the defense for Seattle is always solid. Um, the Legion of Boom. They may not be the Legion of Boom maybe two or three years ago, but you can count on them to make a make a, a game winning tackle or you know a key interceptions. It's just you know, of course, Jamal Adams, um, he, I think he potentially may be hurt. But still, you know. Jamal Adams said he's playing. Well, there you go. Dude, that, there you go. that dude is an X factor, man. He is. So, I think I think Seattle wins it. Um, Maybe a two-touchdown game. Um, and it'd be a convincing win. Um, because just L.A. is just too predictable, man. Play action, play action, play action, play action, pass. Play action, play action, play action, run. It's just you know what they're going to do. Unless they change their offense in the next week or two, it's it's going to be it's going to be a great great win for Russell Wilson. Before before we move on to the next game, which is going to be the Buccaneers in Washington, Andres, who you got for Ohio State and Alabama? Ohio. Ohio State. Okay. okay. Who you got for the Colts and the Bills? Bills. Rams and Seahawks. Seahawks. All right, Seahawks. Okay. All right, we we you know we we got to include our, our guy in here too. No doubt. He's not the biggest football watcher, which is fine. But uh, <laughs> his hands went up like. Uh, yeah, he's like. You <laughs> probably more of an NFL guy than a college guy for sure. Um, Buccaneers in Washington, man. Um, Don, he had the Bucks winning. He's drinking some of the Kool Aid, Nelson. Remember my Super Bowl picks to the Titans and the Buccaneers, boy. Oh man, Don, no, no, Don, don't don't fall for the juice. You know what I mean? Put- Alex Smith is five and one this year. Yes, and hey, that yep. defensive line, uh, my guy is going to do something dangerous when it comes to old man Tom Brady. Because you realize old man Tom Brady, um, once he gets pressure, he can't really move. So, But do I have them, do I have Tampa Bay win this game? Yes. I don't think Washington is going to pull out that miracle. Um, and they just don't have enough weapons on offense. Um, now they have the they have the defensive mindset uh, to to maybe get a couple you know key interceptions because Tom will throw an interception, um, but I don't think they have enough to beat uh, Tampa Bay. All right, so you all automatically know my pick because I already picked them to be in the Super Bowl and lose to the Titans. So Buccaneers, but you don't bite the bear, Chase. <laughs> you don't go and and rile up Tom Brady. By saying that you're coming for him. Yeah. Because now you don't make the mistake. Okay. You don't make the mistake with Mike Evans getting hurt already. And Antonio Brown is now fitting into that two slot. Ooh. Chris Godwin would have had a thousand yards this year if he didn't get hurt. Mm. You got one, two, th- and Gronkowski had like 600 yards this year. <laughs> like, it is what it is. If they can get Ronald Jones going in the running game because he's my X factor for that game mm-hmm. to totally, you know, blow it away. But uh, oh, this is funny. I almost sent this text to my wife because uh, it pulled up my, you know, you can voice text people on iPhones. Yeah. 
It says, don't fall for the Jews. Alex Smith is 501 this year. (laughs) (laughs) But Chase Young, man. Should make that into a t-shirt. Yeah, please do. (laughs) Yep, yep. Front and back. Uh, I think think Chase Young um, doesn't realize that, you know, you got chalkboard material and you don't want to give the team any type of motivation uh, especially Tom Brady and them boys because Grunk is crazy Grunk um, is, is is a party man so anything that's going to juice him up uh, you could say okay you're and if he had a pet ladybug hey that ladybug um, is terrible he, he doesn't bring you good luck I thought she was about to say Tom Brady's OJ the juice man no no <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Gucci yeah. um, but um, no but you just you just don't do that and that's probably just a rookie move on his part uh, maybe that you know he got a little bit of you know somebody from Maryland kind of hyped him up and said, "Hey, yo, you should say this, son." You know, but nah, nah that's how Maryland people are. I would know, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm just saying you gotta you gotta watch what you do, man. Be careful what you ask for. Yep. That leads me over to the next game, Sunday at 105. Ooh, Titans and the Ravens. That ooh, I'm a I'm gonna have my popcorn ready for that game. I'm gonna go straight from church. I'm gonna go right to the tube. I can't wait for this game. <coughs> Shout out to our boy, our, our boy, our our boy Josh Caradima. Okay, I remember I want to call him Josh Kamicha though. That was embarrassing. <laughs> Shout out to Josh Caradima. Hope you got the game plan working for you boys, man. Yeah, man uh, of course, I got the Titans on this one. Yeah, my Super Bowl winner this year. Yeah. Um, looks like Don also has the Titans as well. So. The only thing with the dagger, no pun intended. Yeah, <laughs> the only thing about this pick is just tough, man. You got you got a defense in Baltimore that's just remarkable, but then you got that King Henry on the other side. And um, the last time Baltimore played the Tennessee Titans, it was a nice classic game. Um, Baltimore won, but you know that's why you know you do film study, and it's a whole different ball game when you get in the playoffs. Whole different defensive scheme, whole different offensive scheme. So I think. When it comes to that game, it's going to be really close. I think it's going to come down to a field goal. Um, but hey, I got Baltimore because it was you embarrassing. Got Baltimore, okay. It's embarrassing last year when Lamar Jackson went <laughs> it's through. Embarrassing. It was embarrassing, and I think he, he and he and he and he fed off of that. Like I can't, I can't go out like that. Now, granted, you know, at the end of the season, they kind of you know, they was a little slow when it comes to the games, and you know, then they bounced back. You know, the last two games, but still, I think Baltimore. Don't want that taste in their mouth they had last year because you remember they had a bye last year and they played a team that they should have beat. This year, hey, they got they got they still had that engine rolling, right? They still going into the playoffs, you know, with that sweat on their brow. Yep. So I, I think Lamar Jackson is going to step up and um, they're going to win it by a field goal. All right, Andres, who you got? Buccaneers or Washington? Uh, Washington. All right, so the Washington football team and then Ravens and Titans. Uh, All right, so we got the Ravens on that one. All right. So, next game, Bears and the Saints. Don said he had the Saints on that one. This is going to be my upset pick. Oh! I got the Bears winning this one in the you close and, game. You and uh, Trubisky, I, man. man. I, I, oh, oh, get I'm it. probably the only person in the world that sees potential <laughs> on this guy, yo. But he wins games. He's got the Tebow effect. What can I say? And my boy Allen Robinson is out there, too, and I like Allen Robinson. So, I got uh, – I got the Bears in this one. It might be. I, I'm thinking that this is going to be not a high-scoring game okay. whatsoever unless Drew Brees starts to get to going. But yeah. I believe this is the uh, – everybody would like to see Drew Brees go out with a, with a, with a uh, Super Bowl ring. But uh, I think that defense is going to be a little bit too much for uh, Kamara. 
Okay. That, that front seven, I think, is pretty nasty. Yeah. And uh, they're not going to be able to do as much stuff as they need. So, uh, Kamara, take off your uh, take out your gold teeth before they get knocked out <laughs> by your boy on the outside out there. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows that, man. That was another dude that I was uh, right about over him and uh, Jadavion Clowney, by the way. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I have Mitchell Trubisky running for a touchdown, passing for a touchdown. I think this is going to be like 14-7. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Yeah. And I think it's gonna be uh, it's gonna come down to the last play or the last series, and Mitchell Trubisky is gonna run oh, one in for the home team. You're killing me. You're killing me, Dante. Hope, <laughs> hope, hope floats because that's not gonna happen. <laughs> I think Drew Brees. Are they playing in, in in New Orleans? Correct. Yeah, they're playing in New Orleans. Yeah, I don't think yeah. that's gonna happen. I think Drew Brees is gonna uh, come through. Uh, you know, saddles blazing. He's gonna have you know one of those four or five top, four or five touchdown games. Um, he's just gonna be dynamic, and um, I just don't have faith in Trubisky like that. I don't, I don't think he's gonna be able to win uh, a go down and stay with a minute thirty left and go down and have the game winning drive. I don't see that. Um, I see him having an average game. I see him you know making a couple of plays here and there, but I don't see him actually winning the game for Chicago. I see their defense. Or do they activate Nick Foles? Playoff. Oh. Nick, Nick Foles activate. <laughs> he turns yeah. into a robot. Yeah. Nick and Foles. then he gets a statue with Chicago, too. Right. Yo, Nick Foles is a beast when it comes to the playoffs. He's just he's just that man. But I, I just don't see that happening. Um, I think I think New Orleans is going to really put a smackdown on Chicago. Okay. Um, Don said any doinks for the for the Bears. I think we're going to see a lot of missed field goals in this game. <laughs> for whatever reason, it just always comes down to that. All right, Andres, who you got? Bears or the Saints? Bears. Bears. Oh! <laughs> Andres with the upset as well. So get your popcorn ready for that. I think I don't think it's going to be an exciting game by any means, but uh depends uh either way it goes. I got Mitch Trubisky and that is my that is my – I saw that in my dreams last night. Mitch Trubisky going like doing a John Elway. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's your story. You're sticking to it? Yeah, I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Browns and the Steelers. Okay, my wife's team. Okay. Don has got the Browns winning this game. Browns. I would have to agree. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, got, I, I, I think, uh, I think May, Baker Mayfield – He's won over the fans. He's won over the coaches. He's won over his teammates. He's won over the media. He's won. Hey, that yeah. dude is winning right now. And how excited that he was to bring the Browns back to a playoff berth again, I really think is going to be something that he's not going to take for granted yeah. uh, for a very long time. I can respect it. I want to see him go far. Uh, will o- OBJ be ready to – no playing the playoff or no no there's no there's no talks about that watch this man come back for like the super bowl <laughs> or something yeah right coming dancing from the end zone hey i'm here guys but no I, I i agree with you i think baker mayfield besides his best hey he got some great commercials i give him that you know he can he can act but besides that i think he brought that uh that winning attitude back to cleveland now everybody knows the cleveland curse when it comes to football there's always something in these big games <laughs> that happens um where somebody might fumble a ball or somebody might you know drop a pass but i don't think that's going to happen this time i think i think the browns have a good thing going um now nah, bears <laughs> <laughs> now obj when he leaves, you know, that pretty much expanded the offense. Um, you got Laundry on the outside, too. I mean, Landry, you know, he's making big plays. But And then the running game, shoot, the Browns got a decent running game. So I, I don't think 
there's going to be a choke factor here when it comes to the Browns. I think they're going <clears> to win, and it's going to be it's going to be surprising. But everybody everybody kind of slept on Baker Mayfield and said, okay, he's not going to be good, and I he's agree. going to be making the Wawa sandwiches when it, when, it, <laughs> when it's all said and done. But but no, man, he he actually turned this this uh, franchise around. Yeah, I I would have to agree with you there, Nelson. Yeah. Um, Browns all day. Sorry, Steelers. Yeah. You expect Cam Newton to be there next year. <laughs> <laughs> I, dude, if that happens, I know I predicted that for this year. I just think it was a little bit too late, you know, with Ben coming back. That's the place that Cam Newton needs to be. Andres, who you got, Browns or Steelers? I'm going to play devil's advocate, say the Steelers. A lot of my friends are Steelers fans, and if they hear me over here going against them, uh, okay. you got to go home tonight. That's what it is. <laughs> well, I mean, I got to sleep in the same bed as my wife, and that's she's a Steelers fan, so. <laughs> Um, so those were the games right there. Um, I think it's going to be, this is going to be a good playoff, man. A good playoff this year. Um, (laughs) a good national championship. Um, and I, I I stick by what I said about that national championship for college too. Justin Fields is out for revenge ever since that last interception that he threw. That was a, that was a mismatch, um, or a miscommunication, um, so I, I I can't wait, man. I, I'm 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 looking forward to to everything that's gonna happen this weekend. Now, the next thing that we want to talk about is uh, to kind of end out the show before we get to to Nelson uh, his Drews do's and don'ts. Mm-hmm. Who will win MVP, man? Well, you know it's it's obvious um, that this man has been doing it for years. Um, with no receivers, um, and he he's just been so accurate, um, so pinpoint, um, and he's just he makes he makes everybody around him better, um, and he's just and he and he has that swagger, uh, that country boy, um, he's just one of those guys. Um, and so Aaron Rodgers is going to be the guy who's going to win the MVP this year. Uh, as well deserved. Um, he's he he made he made this uh, media statement. Um. Even a couple years ago, and everybody counted him out. He was like, "Relax, relax," because he knew what he was capable of doing. He knew what he had in store. So, um, I believe Aaron Rodgers is definitely the guy. Hey, you got your team to be the number one in the NFC, and you got a first round by. Man, go ahead and take that trophy home, man. You deserve it. I couldn't agree with you more. Except I can make an argument for Derrick Henry too. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't think Derrick Henry is gonna win it, even though he he should win it. <laughs> but uh, Aaron Rodgers, man, is gonna win MVP. Shout out to your boy Devonte Adams yeah. too. Devonte Adams, yo, I like to call him a thief. <laughs> the way that he runs routes. Yeah. I mean, I loved Devonte Adams, man. Like, yeah. I've been saying that for for a while too. The dude runs routes. The dude's got good hands, you know. And I think Aaron Rodgers kind of made him what he is today too. Mm-hmm. So we got to get get some credit to to Aaron Rodgers. So yeah, yep, got Rodgers winning. Couldn't agree more. Um, he's had a hell of a year. Yeah. The last I think the last time he, that he had remotely this close to stats is the year that they won. The, the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. Yeah. So, or 
I think he won MVP. So, but you, the art, the running back in me wants um, <coughs> Derrick Henry win because, hey, man, two thousand yards in the league, that is you only eight players that done that before. And um, one of you, one of your your boys did it, a, a CJ two K. Yeah, yeah, and then the Buffalo Bill, the former Buffalo Bill, uh, OJ Simpson. You know, he done it too. But Josh Allen deserves MVP. Uh, uh, give him another year. Give him another year. Yeah, I, I thank you though. That's the Buffalo. That's like that. He must be a Buffalo <laughs> Bill fan, Randy. Okay, no, Randy. Randy is actually Jaguars fan. Ah, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but yeah, the 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 running back in me, yes, please give it to Derrick Henry. But just you know, it's a quarterback league, so you know Aaron Rodgers is, is, is hands down. I feel like they just won't give it to running backs because it will up their value too much. That's coming from Slade. Yeah. Uh, that's a good point. That that yeah, that's a very good assessment. I mean, you can even make an argument that Devontae Adams should be in there for MVP. Oh yeah. But uh you'll never see you'll never see a wide receiver win <laughs> MVP <Yeah>. award. <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, uh I think Aaron Rodgers Randy, I mean that's a good assessment though. Josh Allen for the for what he did this year. Yeah. Um amazing. Um but I've been saying for a long time that he was going to be a great quarterback, that uh, mm-hmm. he, he had a lot to prove, and his teammates love him. Uh, he said Trevor's coming home. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want him. I want Justin Fields. Hey, I'm telling you, he might do an Eli Manning and say, I want a trade <coughs> on draft day. I believe that would have been the case if the Jets had the number one pick. Oh, yeah. But uh, So we're going to head over to the last segment of the show, man. This has been a great one to end out your guys' new year. Uh, We'll have Don on next week. But uh, this is Drew's Do's and Don'ts. All right. So the two games I want to focus on for the playoffs, uh, of course, the Buffalo Bills and the Indianapolis Colts. So I want to start off with also in the NFC and the L.A. Rams and the Seattle Seahawks. Those are my two highlight games that we're definitely going to talk about. So for the L.A. Rams and the Seattle Seahawks, the L.A. Rams, this is a do. You have to win on defense. You have to put Jalen Ramsey in the position to get interception. Now, he's going to do that anyway. He's going to cover the receivers. But this is a do you must do, right? Of course, he might be a little mad because Aaron Donald's going to do what he do on the field and get those sacks. So he might be sitting back waiting for the ball to come to him, Jalen Ramsey, because he's going to be sacked. Um, well, Russell Wilson is going to be sacked plenty of times. Um, he just He's just a man up front. And then uh, with his sidekick, uh, Leonard Floyd, get him involved. That's what one thing you need to do, L.A. Rams, get him involved. Now, also, the don't to do for L.A. Rams is don't be predictable. Um, this is uh, a crazy stat, Don. Shout out to you. But 189 play action uh, plays in the league. So that's first in the league. That's what you cannot do. You can't be predictable because you will get eight apart. Now, for Seattle, one thing you do have to do is let Russell Wilson win the game uh, with his passing and running ability. Um, Of course, you know, he has his buddies, uh, uh, Tyler Luckett and DK Metcalf, who combined for over 20 uh, touchdowns. Get them involved. That's one thing you have to do. And this is one thing you have to do is let your Legion of Boom may not be as strong as a pass, but have your defense step up. Jamal Adams, hey, man, this is your time. You came from the Jets. This is your time. It's the first time he's been in the playoffs. First time he's been in the playoffs. So please do what you have to do to get on the field. But which is what you don't do. Don't rely on 
the second half, right? Get it done in the first half because it's known that you give up leads and you get tight in the fourth quarter and you have given up leads. So this is what you don't do. Do not give up the lead. Once you get up, stay on the path, all right? All right. To greatness. (laughs) All right. So we're going to move over to the Buffalo Bills and Indianapolis Colts. Now, granted, I don't know why a team that's number two in the AFC, they have to play in a wild card game. But, hey, when you come into the playoffs, that doesn't mean anything. All the stats you've done this year. Now, shout out to Josh Allen, who had 4,544 passing yards, 37 touchdowns, and uh, was fifth in the NFL. He only had eight interceptions. But. Um, that doesn't mean anything when you have a, a passing rating over 80, um, 80 uh, percent. But that doesn't mean anything when it comes to the playoffs because it's a clean slate. This is what you do do. Throw it to Ew. Stephon Diggs. All right. And Cole Beasley. My, my sister's ex. <laughs> yes, that's what you have to do. Close um, to 900 yards, Cole Beasley. I think he's going to be X factor when it comes to the game. He's the, he's one of those rare slot Cole receivers. Cole Beasley. Yes, <laughs> he's one of those rare slot receivers where he'll get you the first down and get you a little more after the yards after catch. And Stefan Diggs. Hey man, thank you for coming from Minnesota to join our squad. He is the man when it comes to the field. The acrobatic catch, the crucial touchdowns, uh, the game winning uh, catches. He he needs to be, hey, if you're coming from the Minnesota Miracle and coming over and then you have 50, over 1,500 rushing, receiving yards and you was number one in the league, we need that. Thank you for that. Um, but this is what you don't do. You don't get caught up in the hype. Yes, you're coming in. You're coming in hot. You're number two. Everybody's talking about you right now in the media. Even you're getting mentioned on Instagram. You're getting mentioned everywhere. And don't let the hype go to your head. Do not get caught up and do not think about the past. Yes, we've been in the playoffs before. Yes, we lost in the past. But do not get caught up with that. It's a new day. It's a new dawn. Go out and win and take care of business. All right. Now, the Indianapolis Colts, they're a sleeper. Now, I'm going to give my flowers while he's, still, while he's still here in the league. Philip Rivers, you're a future Hall of Famer, right? You are, your resume speaks for itself. You have shown that you belong in the Hall. But realize this, that you are old. <laughs> this, is what you, <laughs> this is what you don't do. You do not get out the pocket. You stay in the pocket. You do what you can to throw it to your receivers. Tay White Hilton, you find him. All right? If you find Jonathan Taylor, that's what you do. All right? You talk as much stuff as you like. What Phillip Rivers is known is to talk trash. You're trying to get in the head of the defenders of Buffalo Bills, but you do not do too much or you will get broken. All right. What you do do is get Jonathan Taylor involved. Give him more than 15 rushes on the field. Get him involved in the game. Have him run. Have him do screens. All right. Get him involved. He's going to be your decision maker when it comes to getting that third down. All right. Get the ball in his hands. And then just know that Phillip Rivers, if you hold him under 300 yards, I'm guaranteeing a win for Buffalo. All right. That's my Drew's do's and don'ts. Ah! <laughs> oh, man. A new year. New us. New everything, man. So this has been a great first episode of the East Coast Gridiron Podcast. Man, I got to get used to saying that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's crazy. But I love I love this whole thing. I love the way that it looks. I love the way that it's functioning. Um, and if, if you notice, Nelson, when I did this graphic right here on the top left, you see all five of those stars hey that's for me you don 
Heather and Andres. I like it, baby. Ah, hey. see, I want to put some stars in there, but I had to give them. I got too. five on it. So shout out to Slade, shout out to Randy, shout out to Don and everybody else that came through. I saw Rosanna; she shared the post. Man, I much much appreciate it. Everybody else that came through and left a comment, or or just came in just to chill and didn't say anything, but uh, and Rob too, uh, came through and watched us. We we appreciate you guys supporting the very first episode. Um, I'm gonna throw this up tonight. Um, on everything, make sure you guys, uh, great production and camera work, guys. I appreciate it, Slade. Hey, man, we got to get you on the episode. Maybe, maybe you can come down and uh, be on the episode with us so you could talk uh, North Carolina football. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm still, uh, your Tar Heels are still trash. By the way. <laughs> Y'all lost to Florida State. <laughs> oh, uh, but anyways, guys, uh, we'll catch you uh, next Saturday. Uh, me and Don will bring back episode two. Then the following Thursday at 7 p.m., Don will be our Nelson will be back to give his uh, Drew's do, do's and don'ts. So this is uh, episode one of the East Coast Great Iron Podcast. We're going to do this East Coast style every hey. single week. We'll catch you guys later. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the East Coast Great Iron Podcast. Find us on all your favorite music and podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For all the latest news and updates, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by going to eastcoastgridiron.com. 